It's never a wrong place to seek his face. You'll never be in a wrong place where it's a wrong place to seek his face. You'll never be. He said in Isaiah 43, when you walk as through the flood and through the river it will not overflow you you're not going to be drowned and when you walk through the fire you will not be burned and the flame shall not kindle upon you for I the Lord your God who calls you by your name I have redeemed you he doesn't say call on my name unless you're going through the fire call upon me call upon my name unless it's a real deep river then that's not the good time sometimes God has to let it be a deeper flood or a hotter fire because then we'll really call on his name because right there is where you're going to encounter you're going to meet him and he wants to have a true encounter where you know that you know that you know without a doubt that it's the Lord himself not religion not your own idea your own imagination your own feelings that you know that it's Jesus Christ himself that you're meeting with so he has to let some of those floods and fires come so that we learn that it's never the wrong place to seek his face. I want to pray uh, and just give thanks for the Holy Spirit tonight for being with us. He doesn't have to be. God the Father didn't have to send the Spirit of God after his Son paid everything. Should be enough and his sacrifice is enough. But God said, I know you're going to need my spirit in this world. And after Christ ascended and sat down, finished everything for us, our redemption. And there he ever lives to make intercession. He sent forth the promise of the Father, the Holy Spirit. Not without reason. I want to pray tonight and give thanks. Before we do, if there's anyone here tonight you came before we share the word you're suffering with a terminal illness and it's something you can't get off your mind uh, if there is someone here suffering I want to offer to pray for you before we uh, pray and share the word if there's anyone here if, if it is uh, please step out of your chair and come up here I want to pray for you tonight I'm talking about fear in your mind or something that the doctors told you. I want to give opportunity for anyone tonight that needs prayer for an illness. And I hope this is a house of healthy saints <laughs> where no one has uh, that in their life. But the Lord commands us to pray for the sick you understand so we didn't send ourselves here tonight the Lord sent us here and he commands us to pray for the sick and to uh, minister in his name and that's how we come if that's you at any time tonight you're welcome to come we're going to pray for you there's not a wrong time for you to uh, call in his name. Father, tonight we thank you for the Holy Spirit of God.
We don't want to spend tonight or these next few nights or days going through any routine or anything that we think we know what you're to do, what you're about to do, what you need and want to do. We confess that you're in charge, Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit. We don't want in any way to miss you, miss what you want to do. We thank you for being so gracious, the spirit of grace. We don't want to despise you or take lightly your grace that has been poured out abundantly in the name of our Lord Jesus. We need you. We confess our need of you. We confess that you gathered us here tonight for your own purpose. We did not gather ourselves. We've been gathered by you, by your spirit. We draw near to here. We don't want to offer a sacrifice of fools. Thank you for being so good. Thank you for your love, for your power. Thank you for your precious blood. Would you just thank him for his blood with me right now? Thank you for the precious, powerful blood that you shed on the cross. Thank you for the pure, the undefiled, the incorruptible blood that you shed. Thank you for the blood of the Lamb of God. Thank you for paying the full price, Jesus. Not with silver or gold, but with the precious blood of a lamb without one spot, without one blemish. Thank you, Lord, for the blood of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, tonight. It's all you. We give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor. Bless your people. Bless our hearts that we might bless you more and that we might bless your holy name more and that we might bless your people and those that don't know you even more. We pray thanking you tonight. In Jesus' holy name, amen. I want to open the Bible tonight. Yes. I didn't call you. It was just in prayer. The Lord reminded me. And he put in my heart to ask for someone with terminal illness that's plagued by fear. So it, the Lord is the one calling you. Did the doctors diagnose you? No, I have um, an issue with my joints that I'm going to... The doctors haven't been able to figure out what's going on with her. And she, was, she had a night terror last week attack and uh, the, the dark figure spoke uh, cancer over her and uh, it was really really intense and so ever since then she's been consumed this has been plaguing her for about nine months Pastor Raymond would you uh, what, what's your name sister Lauren, Lauren, would you just anoint her with oil in the name of the Lord? 
The old just means it's, it's our act as a demonstration. The old is not of itself anything, but it means we believe it's the power of God to heal. So, Lauren, um, you're not worthy of the Lord's healing. That's why you can't receive healing. You're not worthy. But in the name of Jesus, he's already paid for you to be healed. Yeah. Why don't you just close your eyes and just call on him. And saints, right now, you just give thanks to Jesus for his power right now. right now without clapping just raise your hands right now just worship the name of Jesus God cares very much for those suffering with fear he cares very very much for those being tormented in their mind by fear the name of Jesus just like Jesus has paid for Lauren he's paid for you Father, we thank you right now. Just worship him right now. Some of you, your fear is not sickness. Your fear is financial. Your fear is about the law or some court case. Your fear is about the CPS. Your fear is about your marriage. Your fear is about the Christian walk, whether you can make it without backsliding. But the name of Jesus is much greater tonight. We worship and exalt your holy name, your power, your power over darkness, your power over evil, your healing of our sicknesses. We thank you now. Thank you, Jesus.
Lord, your sins have been forgiven. The Lord forgave you of your sins. It's the only way the enemy can come in to make us feel like we're alone. You're not alone. The Lord's very much with you. I want to share a little bit tonight from the book of 1 Samuel chapter 30. Get in the right place. Get in the right place. 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse number 6. It says, Now David was greatly distressed. This is a man after God's heart. This is a man who's seen miracles. This is a man who faced the lion and the bear and Goliath and tens of thousands of Philistines and a mad, hateful, angry Saul. And the Lord delivered him again and again and again. A man who knew God intimately in worship. A man of the harp, and I mean the heart harp. A man who worshipped from the heart. A man who had faith in God. A man who spoke the words we read in the, the New Testament too. I believed and therefore have I spoken. A man that knew that God's word is true. God's ways are right. And it says, Now David was greatly distressed. For the people spoke of stoning him. That's to death. To kill him. Because the soul of all the people was grieved. Every man for his sons and his daughters. They had been taken. Their wives had been taken. All their possessions were taken. Their children were taken. They felt it was all David's fault. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. David was out of place. Tonight the point is not to feel so bad if, if you happen to be out of place. And I don't mean physically. If God's people who have known Him and walked with Him, and even men of God and women of God, older in the Lord, get out of place, most certainly the young ones, sons and daughters of God, get out of place. Much more, those who haven't been born again are out of place and don't know their place and they feel out of place. If David, a man of God who knew God and had faith in God, and if you read this chapter, you'll find out that David had went way out of place. He was in the land of the Philistines where he wasn't supposed to be. He was fighting on the wrong army even. And he was ducking and diving and dodging and hiding and pretending. If you read that, you'll see he was pretending a lot. He was acting like he was something that he wasn't. He was not being who God made him to be and somewhere in his heart he knew this. He was tore up. And then to come and find everything swept away and then all the men that once respected him are now going to kill him. The Bible says, David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. Verse 7. David said to Abiathar the priest, Ahimelech's son, Please, say please. Please. 
He's not saying, I'm the great man of God. He's saying, please bring the ephod here to me. And Abiathar brought the ephod to David. That represents in the spiritual, in the new covenant, it represents, put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ. Put on who you are in Jesus. Put the Lord on. Who you are in the Spirit. What Jesus has done for you on the cross. Put on the Lord your rightful place as a child of God, as a son or daughter of God. This is the faith. He had nothing else to do. There was no way to fix it. The only thing he could do is get in his rightful place, get in the right place. You can be in a totally wrong place, and no matter how wrong a place you're in, God says, get in the right place in the Spirit, even if you're in a physically bad place. Look at verse 8. So David inquired of the Lord, saying, What do you want me to do? Shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? Or you want me to do this or that? See, that's where he's back in the right place. I've been doing a lot of things my own way. I've been doing a lot of things on my own initiative, my own willpower. But now I'm in the right place. What do you want me to do? And he began to hear again the voice of God. Only in the right place. That's why he says, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear what the Spirit says to the church. He doesn't say just to any natural ears. He says to you as the body of Christ, to you as a child of God, to you in your rightful place, you'll hear. I was waking up months ago. I was waking up. Uh, my wife always beside me. I don't remember if she was asleep or awake yet. She usually wakes up. Right when I wake up or she's already awake, I will open my eyes. I wanted to go back to sleep and the Spirit of God spoke to me. He said, it's not a miracle that I speak to you. It's a miracle that you hear me. I heard that word so clear. I sat up and rubbed my eyes and I don't wake up with angels pulling back the covers and, and me floating. Uh, I wake up like everyone else, and, and many times I feel like a freight train ran over me the night before. And that's that I haven't drank in almost 30 years. And I, I rolled to the side of the, the bed. I said, what, Lord? He said, it's not a miracle that I speak to you. It's a miracle that you hear me, the Holy Spirit told me. And just a big smile came across my face. I said, "That's thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. That's true. God has no problem speaking to you. He has no problem giving to you. We have a problem receiving. And naturally, we have a problem hearing. David, God, there was no problem with God. David had to get in the right place. That's why he encouraged himself in the Lord. Say, in the Lord. That's in Christ Jesus. Rejoice in the Lord. And again I say, rejoice in Christ Jesus. That's where you belong. That's who you are in Christ. That has nothing to do with the natural, who you were, what you were, or where you come from. David was now leaning on the flesh. He was out of place and things were going all wrong. And the only thing he could do is get in the right place. And in the right place, that's in Jesus' name for us. That's there in Jesus. It's in the Spirit. He began to hear the voice of God again. 
bring the ephod to me. In other words, it's not who I am. Jesus said, when you go out preaching the gospel, he said, don't take two tunics with you. Don't take two tunics. It's not two identities you have. When you go preaching the gospel, it's who you are in Christ Jesus. Don't be trying to, uh, let me, uh, on this case, put on this tunic and on this other one. He says, no, because there's no power for you except in Christ Jesus and the Spirit of God. Some years ago, my son Timothy, he was about, he was a little over four. He wasn't five years old yet. And my wife, homeschooling the kids, she had put them out for their devotional. And Timothy was out there. Acacia was out there. Uh, Benjamin wasn't born yet. And I heard this screaming. I was there in a little room, a little prayer room. I heard screaming. And I th- there's rattlesnakes there where we were staying at that time. Scorpions and all that. So I started thinking or a dog got in there or something because it was that kind of screaming. It was that kind of, you know, and it was my son. And all of a sudden my wife uh, burst into the front door with him and, and I looked out and she comes carrying him and he's crying like someone really hurt him. And I grabbed him in my arms and I'm just holding him. I'm looking at his body trying to figure out what's wrong with him. And I'm looking at Lena with, and my wife and, and she's like, I, I don't know. You have no idea. And I let him calm down and he's just like, not just crying, he's just really uh, shooken up. I said, what's wrong? And finally he said, I just feel like... I feel like I don't belong anywhere. Four years old. He's saying it in a four-year-old way and voice. But he said, I, I don't belong anywhere. He says, not in the yard, not in the street, not with you and mom, not in this family. And I'm listening to him. And right away in my spirit, I feel you know, alert of the enemy, the presence of the enemy. I said, who told you that? And he looked up at me. He said, no one. And then he stopped. He was four years old. And he looked me in the eyes. He said, the devil. No one taught him that. He knew right away the Spirit of God revealed to him. I said, you're right. It was the devil that told you that. I said, he's not all wrong. And the Spirit of God led me. I said, did you know that Daddy, most of Daddy's life, I've never felt like I fit in anywhere? And I told him again, and I still tell my kids and tell anyone where Jesus found me and how he found me, not just my home life, all broken home, with a father that abused me, my sisters, in most any way you can think, leaving home at 14 years old, Getting hooked in alcohol and drugs, anger and depression was the two main things driving my life. Anger, great anger, hatred, and great depression. That's drugs and alcohol. The Bible says it's because of depression. A man drinks because of sorrow or heart. Same thing with drugs. It's not being a party animal. People say that. It's because I love to party. No, it's because you're depressed. That's why you use drugs. That's why you look out there. You don't fit in anywhere and and the only thing you can do is medicate and sedate yourself and try to make it go away i said daddy has never fit in anywhere either 
I said, but there's one place where we always fit in. That's the arms of Jesus. I said, you know, the Lord Jesus said you don't fit in, but he said it more fully. He said, you're in the world, but you're not of this world. The devil's real tricky to try to, that's why there's so much, even in this hour, so much more suicide that has increased to where people can't even uh, fathom the numbers of people that are attempting and accomplishing, taking their lives, hating themselves. And the devil will start when they're very young to making them just feel this overwhelming sense that I don't have a right place. There's no place that I belong. I don't belong, you feel, on the streets. I don't belong uh, even in the church. I don't belong. There's all that sense of lostness. Would you go with me to 2 Corinthians just a moment, chapter 11? I want to read a verse there. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse number 3. 2 Corinthians 11, 3 reads like this. But I fear, lest somehow... Now that word fear there is not the spirit of fear. It's a deep concern that Paul and that saints have. And it's for saints. He's writing to saints. It's to God's people. Lest... As the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ Jesus. The devil trying to move you from your right place that's in Jesus Christ. That's simply as a child of God by faith. Someone who you know without a doubt Jesus died for me though a sinner. No matter what your upbringing, where you're from. Maybe you heard about Jesus like I did when I was little, but he was never real to me. Until one day you hear the gospel or you read in the Bible like I did. I was in uh, my apartment in Round Rock there north of Austin. And with drugs, with alcohol, with all my paraphernalia and all the things I thought that I felt at home with. And I heard a word from God in my heart. He said, you are about to die. That's all I heard from God. And I was angry. I was turning 18. It was January of 1989. And I was so angry with God. And I started cursing at God. I cursed Him. I said, why do you hate me? I said, I doubt you. And using all bad words. I doubt you. I doubt you even are real. I'm all alone there. The presence of the devil and God reaching out to me. I said, if I'm about to die, why don't you show me why I was ever born before I die? And why did you give me the father you gave me? And why am I cursed? And why do you love others? You don't love me. And don't expect me to go to no church because if I can't trust my own parents, how am I going to trust anybody else? Why don't you show me the right religion? You would think God, being a holy God, right there, He would just snuff me. Right? I don't need you. You're just a statistic. Just another teenager lost, getting high, acid head, angry. Just let you die. Let you be shot in the street. Let you die on your motorcycle, whatever. And the Lord, He drew me to a Bible my grandmother got for me, and I, I went right to that 
place. I opened it up. I never read it. I kept it because I respected her. She gave it to me when I was 12. And I opened it, and it was right on the place where Jesus was on the cross. He said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they're doing. See, that's the place that every lost sinner, Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. Every out of place man and woman, because of sin, you're out of place with God. There at the cross, and there where I was hearing, I saw, but I heard, and I believed. And for the first time in my life, I got down on my knees. And I hadn't cried my whole teenage life. I had learned not to cry. I made my heart hard. And without even no effort, I met a young man the other day. He got saved. He said, my problem, he was in the penitentiary. He said, my problem is I can't cry. I'm trying to cry. I'm really trying. I said, no, 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 no. Don't try to cry. I said, God gave you tears. Don't seek crying. Just seek Jesus. Don't be there. When I cry, it will be real. Don't seek for crying. Seek Jesus. I started crying. I wasn't trying to cry. I started realizing I'm, I'm watering the, the carpet there. I told God, I've never loved you. I have never loved you. But I see now, I'm like windshield wipers here. I see now that you love me, but I hate myself. And if I can't have you, I don't want to live. There's a difference in coming to God and just asking for a new job, a new girlfriend, or get off of trouble with the law or something like that. There's a difference in all that stuff. God will use those things, but there's another place he wants to get you. Not just a place of sobriety. That's one place, but that's a good thing. But not just a place of having a roof over your head. That's one thing. There's nothing wrong with that. But there's another place he's trying to get you. Saints get away from that. And this is why he said the serpent is going to try to get you away from the simplicity. The Lord Jesus washed away all my sins. I didn't promise God I was going to quit drugs. It's like the next day I'm, I'm going around my apartment and I'm looking at a bag of weed. I threw it in the toilet, the whole bag of weed. Jack Daniels, the king of beers is gone. It's nothing to me. A sheet of acid, didn't sell it, didn't give it to my friends. Hey, you guys party, remember me? I threw it away. All the knives I collected, all the bongs and pipes, all the head shops I'd been to, all my music collection. Nobody told me to do that. The Holy Spirit told me to do that. If the devil can tell you things, let me tell you, God can tell you things too. What do you think the devil is so good, so gives you so much time and attention to talk to you and think that God doesn't give time and attention to talk to you? Let me tell you, God is more ready to talk to you than the devil himself. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 12. I want you to see that sometimes even the church, 2 Corinthians 12, 19, even the church can get out of place. And I mean the saints. Verse 19. 2 Corinthians 12, 19. Again, do you think that we excuse ourselves to you? We speak before God in Christ. That's the right place. But we do all things, beloved, for your edification. That's building you in the Spirit. Build you up in the Spirit. 
that's encouraging others. And hey, he that began a good work in you, he's going to finish it in you right up to the day that Jesus calls you home. He didn't start this work to leave you there. It's encouraging them that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That every word that our God promised, he will fulfill. It's encouraging one another. Look at verse 20. For I fear lest when I come I shall not find you such as I wish. That means in a wrong place. And that I shall be found by you in such as you do not wish. Lest there be, here it is, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath. What are those things? It's the wrong place. Selfish ambitions, backbitings, whispering, that's cheese, gossip, conceit, pride, tumults, that's rebellions. In other words, I don't want to find you out of your right place, out of the Spirit of God. This was the concern of Paul in Galatians chapter 3. Not really Paul, but the Holy Spirit. When he wrote to them and said, Who has bewitched you? You began in the Spirit. Why are you trying to be made perfect by the flesh? In other words, your rightful place is in Christ Jesus. Your rightful place is in the Lord. It's a place of worship. It's a place of just rejoicing in the Lord. It's a place where uh, it's not no longer you, but it's Him. I don't want to preach long tonight because I believe God wants to minister grace through the Spirit tonight to you. I want to turn to one other place. If you go with me to Luke chapter 15 tonight, Luke chapter 15. In verse 10, Luke 15 Verse 10. Likewise, I say to you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. What does that mean? They get in the right place, which is Jesus Christ. They put their faith in Him. That's what happened to me in January of 89. And there was joy in the presence of God amongst all the angels. When I mean joy, I mean something beyond. What, I'm not talking about any earthly concert you've ever been to or football game or the winning uh, field goal kick or whatever. I'm talking about a celebration like we can't imagine. We can taste of it here if we let go and, and just rejoice in the Lord and just keep praising His name. We can taste of the presence of God. And he's gracious to pour his spirit on us. First time I ever danced in the presence of God, I was all alone. I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. And someone had gave me a little cassette. There was still cassettes going around then. Not eight track, but it was a cassette. And it was a praise and worship. And I never had obedience in my life. If you told me go right, I'm going left. You told me stand up, I'm sitting down. If you said come over here, I'm going the other way. See you later. That was rebellion all in my life. I was hearing the words of the song and there was a spirit of obedience in me because of the spirit of God. I'm a son of God. And the words were saying, lift your hands, which the Bible says, clap your hands to God, all you people. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. And I was in a room all by myself. No one was there. It, wasn't, it was not for show. There's no FaceTime live. Nothing wrong with that, but there was none of that. This is in the presence of God. 
Begin to say, bow before him. I was, all the words of the song, I was just doing, bow before him, jump up and down, dance before him. I never danced in the world. Well, a little break dancing when I was 11 and 12, but I was not a dancer. I would go to a concert and sit like that. I would never dance. I would watch everybody else dancing. Just hated everyone. I'm talking about headbanger concert, death metal concerts. They better not touch me. I would sit there. Here, I'm dancing all over the room. I mean, I'm, I'm going over the bed, bouncing to the other side, falling on the floor. Give a, a holy roller a whole new meaning. The more I'm praising him, the more revelation is coming because... In Judah, God is known. That's a revelation. That means you're not just praising Him because you learned a church song. It's revelation of who He is and what He's done for you. And you're just praising Him more and more and more. I'm talking about you're in the wrong place, but you get in the right place. You overcome evil with good. Don't try to change your anger problem. If you're a child of God, a Christian. Don't try to change your gossip problem. You get in the right place. God will change that for you. Don't try to change a lust problem. You can't change yourself. Otherwise, Jesus died for nothing. He crucified not only your sin, but the old you too. And delivered you. And only when you're in the spirit and faith, you see that. Don't try to change your marriage problems. You get in the right place. Don't try to change church problems. You get in the right place. Otherwise, it's still us trying to fix what only God can do. Only the Holy Ghost can do. You don't try to do that. That's not for you to do. Otherwise, you could glory and say, Yay, I did it. I finally put my willpower and Now I can write home and, and tell them, Believe me, I've changed. You don't try to make your family see that you've changed. You let God do that. You glorify Him. We don't preach ourselves. We preach Jesus Christ as Lord. The devil's trick is getting eyes on yourself, which is only condemnation. The Holy Spirit put your eyes on Jesus. And as you're praising Him and just obeying Him and in the Spirit of God, then God begins to move. Miracles begin to happen. You get set free. The devil will come and will tell you, you look so silly, you're foolish, how dumb you are. He will come and do that. You've got to think, what's more foolish me serving the devil who never loved me, who never died for me, me living for myself all the way to hell, or ser serving the one who loved me and gave himself up for me, the one who saved me. And if you have children and your children, you've got to claim that by faith. You've got to believe that. You can't just say that in church. You've got to believe it's true. You can't go around saying, well, this is something I kind of, I enjoy Christianity. Christianity is not a religion. I was not in a church when I got saved. You can be in a church or a jail cell or in a hospital or in your apartment. No matter what place you are, if you get in the right place in Jesus, God will do a miracle there. You don't wait. One guy said he was in a home, a Christian home. He had just kicked heroin, accepted Jesus. He said, I, I think it's time for me to leave. I said, is it? I said, maybe it is. Is it? But let me ask you something. Why are you leaving? He said, I just got to prove to myself that I'm strong enough that I'm not going to fall. I said, oh, no, 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 no. I'll tell you right now, you're already falling. 
I have a place for you. It's not just in a church somewhere or just in a home. I have a place for you. You can be many times in the right place, but also in the wrong place. You're in the right place physically, but you can be in the wrong place. And God says, I have a place for you. Look at verse 20. He arose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father, focus on these words, his father, what? His father, say it again. One more time. His father, that's the Lord. Not when he got close, the old man said, is that? Would you go check? No, his father. It doesn't say the servants. It doesn't say the pet dog smelled him. It says his father saw him. He was older. He was dirty. He definitely wasn't wearing the same clothes. And I guarantee you he was not walking the same way he walked when he left there. Because he left there a rich kid and he left there all proud and with his chest stuck out. When you've been uh, just eating with the pigs and sold your shoes, your, your Jordans or whatever, and, and, and sold all that you got, you don't look the same. And he couldn't get in the house to eat. He didn't get in to shave. This, this kid's beard has grown. He'd been gone for a long time. And the father saw him a long ways off. I know who you are, my son. For you sisters, he said, my daughter, my daughter. The whole world would not recognize you. His father had compassion on him, ran and fell on his neck. God will not be satisfied, I'm telling you, till he has you with him. He kissed him, and the son began to rattle off this. But I've, I've sinned against heaven and in your sight. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. He's about ready to tell him the plan. Here's my plan, Father. Just give me, just give me an Xbox and an apartment. That's all I need and, and some food. And, and just get me out of this trouble with the courts and, and, and just help me out. Verse 22, but the father said to the servants, bring out the best. There's times it's good that God doesn't listen to your prayer. No, 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 no. Bring out the best robe, put it on him, put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet. Clothe him in the Lord Jesus Christ. Clothe her in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what he's talking about. Put him in the right place. Bring the fatted calf here. Say here. here. Verse 23, and kill it. That's the picture of Jesus. Bring the fatted calf here. This version, mine says, here, bring the fatted calf and kill it. It's a picture of the Lord Jesus. He came here and was killed. He came here. Say here. here. That means into this world, into your life. You might say, I wasn't, I wasn't around when Jesus came. Oh, he, from the foundation of the earth, he knew you. He came here right into your world and kill it. Speaking of Christ, let us eat and be merry. Let's rejoice over what Jesus did on the cross. Let's celebrate him. My body is true food and my blood is true drink. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost. He's now in his right place. And they begin to be merry. Verse 25. I'm going to ask... My wife, if she 
Would you join me up here for a moment? Because you can be out of place even in ministry. And I, I mean ministry, not just church ministry, not just if you sing or do children's church or, or you're in a home, men's or women's home. How many of you guys here are in the home here? Okay. Take care of a sick guy that's kicking heroin. If it's in Jesus' name, that's a good thing. Cleaning up someone else's throw up. If it's with your heart. It's not good to do ministry if it's not in your heart. It's not good. God doesn't drag people into ministry. It's, it's, it's love responding to love. It's an honor. It's so much that that's why Peter and, and John, after they were whipped, and I mean they had lashes all over their back. They weren't showing off, but they came back and there was a sense in them. We were counted worthy to suffer for his name's sake. And they were showing the brethren there, look what they did to us. And I'm sure they were nursing them and doctoring them and caring. Like the Bible says, love one another, care for one another, do unto others as you have them do to you. But there was a joy that we were counted worthy to suffer for him. Now that can only be either they lost their mind or they understand something. You love me. Thank you for giving me even a moment, an opportunity to love you back. But it's possible to be out of place even in ministry. Now, now I don't mean just at church or in the home. You're a parent. You're trying to teach your kids the right way. Or maybe your kids are grown or out of the house. You're praying for them. You're trying to do the right thing. That's ministry. If you have a little baby and you're holding them knowing that children are a gift from the Lord that's ministry if you do children's church and share Jesus with anyone let the children come to me it's ministry on the street telling someone your testimony or at your job that's ministry just walking as a light in the world that's ministry it's possible to get out of place like David did he got out of place things weren't the same he didn't feel the joy he didn't feel that assurance that God's with me. Holy Ghost is upon me. Waking up in the morning. Oh, good morning, God. Oh, before you even open your eyes. Good morning. Oh, you woke me up today. I want to serve you. I want to be with you no matter what happens. And His presence anoints you. That's not for a select few or just some TV preacher or well-known evangelist. That's for every single son and daughter of God. And any spirit that tells you different is not of God. Look what happened to this older son. Verse 25. He was in the field. And as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and said... There was dancing going on. I mean, they're celebrating. What does this mean? Verse 27. He said, well, your brother has come. And because he received him safe and sound, your father has killed the fatted calf. Verse 28. But he was angry. See, he's out of place. It's not hard to know. You're walking around all day angry. You know, I'm out of place. If you're walking around condemned all day, you know, I'm out of place. That's where it says, David, encourage himself in the Lord. Bring the ephod to me. 
I don't need two tunics. Throw away that other tunic. Only one tunic, who I am in Christ Jesus and what he did for me. His father, verse 28, came out to him too. Not just to the prodigal son. The father came out to this angry older brother because he had the same motive. I want you at the table with me. I don't just want you in the field serving. I want you in your right place. You're my son. Verse 27. He said, your brother has come. I'm sorry. Verse 29. He told his father, I've been serving all these years. I never transgressed your commandment at any time. And you never gave me a young goat that I might make merry with my friends. I don't see God blessing me, doing anything for me. But as soon as this son of yours came, devoured your livelihood with prostitutes, you killed the fatted calf for him. See, he was in the right place, but in the wrong place. Some of you are in the right place, but God's just telling you, I want to get you in the right place in the spirit. Jesus already paid for it. He already made that way for you. Some of you, it's like David, get you back in the right place, back in the spirit, back in the place where the joy of your salvation is all that matters. Verse 31, he said to him, son, you're always with me and all that I have is yours. It was right, verse 32. I want you to say those words. This one says it different. We'll say it both ways. But we had to say that. Mine says, it was right. But let's say this. Say, one more time. One more time. Mine says, it was right. It's right that we should make merry and be glad. Your brother was dead. It's right for you to be in the spirit because Jesus paid the full price with every drop of his blood. It's right for you to be forgiven. It's right that almost 30 years ago, this January, that I came to God and was saved and went from being a dope head uh, to a child of God went from being an angry, bitter, depressed person uh, to a person that knew love and knew joy and, and knew peace. Your brother was dead and is alive. He's lost and now he's found. Tonight, saints, Jesus is holding your place for you. He's holding it. I'm changing his mind. I can't tell you how many times the devil's knocked me off track. And this, this January would be 30 years I gave my life to Jesus. The devil has tried every trick in the book and fought me in every way just to get me out of place. And I've been knocked out of place. But Jesus has always held my place for me. He's holding your place tonight. Some of you, the devil's been lying to you so much and you've been listening. That's why that testimony I felt to share tonight about my son. And four years old, the devil telling him, you belong nowhere. You belong not with your family, not with your parents. That was another thing I shared with my son. I said, who gave you your parents? Who gave you what you have? He said, Jesus. 
I ask you tonight, any life, any good thing you have, who gave it to you? Who, he says, that's good, but I have something better for you. I have a place for you even more than just being safe, more than just being drug free. And we ask you, Holy Spirit, tonight, would you give help to those who know they need help tonight to get in the right place? the right place of mind the right place of heart the right place of their walk the right place of ministry the right place amongst your people most of all the right place at your table we ask for the help of the Holy Spirit tonight it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks about you it's what Jesus thinks of you that's all that matters tonight it's not even what you think tonight it's what Jesus thinks as we worship here tonight Jesus is holding your place for you I don't care if you're here and you even are entertaining thoughts that are against doubts great doubts against God even you come from an atheism background. God is not afraid to put you in the right place with Him. Jesus paid it all for you. Thank you for your presence here tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Put away anger. Put away jealousy. Put away your doubts and your unbelief. It so hurts God that you don't trust Him. Put that away. Come back to your right place.